contested three-point shot straight on. Bledsoe three. Bam! Big-time basketball player here. Bledsoe driving again. Eric Bledsoe with 37. Get out of his way. going on everybody welcome to another edition of booking the trend pod i'm going solo today dylan piccolo here talking about the bucks 121 to 86 victory over the detroit pistons in game one of the first round series of the eastern conference finals and it was a lot of what we expected from the bucks um in game one especially when we figured out that blake griffin would not be you know available for game one and as we figured out uh, this morning on Monday that Blake Griffin uh, is not expected to be available for the Pistons in the entirety of the first round series against the Bucks, So uh, an already shorthanded and, uh, you know, lower Detroit Pistons team um, now looks even more depleted. And, uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't look good for the Pistons. Um, and it was apparent in the first quarter uh, as the Bucks won the first quarter, thirty-eight to eighteen, uh, and they got up to like a fourteen to two, fourteen to two lead at one point, and the mismatch was just there from the beginning. Um, the Bucks just played too fast for Detroit to really get any rhythm. Um, Luke Kennard was the only person to really have a uh, a notable game for the Pistons with twenty-one points, eight of fourteen from the floor, four or five shooting, but. You're not going to see anyone really. They're going to let Luke Kennard get his. I mean, and Wayne of Ellington went 2 of 10. Thon Maker went 2 of 10. Reggie Jackson went 6 of 14. So there was a lot of poor shooting nights from Detroit. But that's a part of just playing against the Bucks is you're going to have a poor shooting night because of the shots that the Bucks are willing to let you have. And I had mentioned this with when we talked with Andrew uh, Goodman, our, my co-host in the episode prior previewing the series, that... You know, Reggie Jackson's game and Ish Smith's game, their leading school point guards, kind of fall right into what the Bucks are trying to do offensively. Uh, I mean, allow the, the what the Bucks are trying to allow the team that they're playing against to do offensively, and that's take those mid-range floaters. Uh, and if you look at the plus-minuses with <laughs> some of the Pistons starters, uh, all minuses, obviously, but Andre Drummond was a minus 45. Um and that that is that is brutal. Uh Andre Drummond looked absolutely unplayable um despite his 12 and 12 double double. Uh often, you know, Giannis was out there on the three-point line and he would wave his hand off kind of saying, you know, I'm not going to go out there and cover Giannis. Um that's just not his game and you could tell sort of that the Pistons are mismatched out of their game. Um but, you know, before we put those qualifiers in, 
if you look at what happened with the Bucks, you did see a lot of things that are going to translate well to the second round series, whether that's against the Boston Celtics or the Indiana Pacers and potentially an Easter Conference Finals or Finals run as well. But you start to look at their usable depth. George Hill, uh, you know, a bench high 16 points in 23 minutes. That's a cog that you like to see coming out. All right, Giannis, Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe, all in Sterling Brown, all under 20, all under 30, 25 minutes, 25 minutes or under on the night. You know, St- George Hill can come in and average 16 and get 16 butt points just like that, and it's no problem um, for this deep for this team and their depth. Pat Connaughton as well comes in and makes a fantastic offensive and defensive impact. Um, five, four, six from the floor with ten points and eight rebounds. So, you have two guys off the bench there that are stepping in and giving you, you know, fifth level starter production. So, you know, especially when you start getting Malcolm back and Miritich only played fifteen minutes, so he's got to get reacclimated. Oh, a five from the field, but you saw from George Hill and Connaughton a little bit of what we saw towards the end of the season that these guys are going to be reliable for you in the playoffs coming off the bench. Um, in close games so you're going to need to see that um, more consistently and when there's more close games down the road and you know I do imagine the Pistons keeping at least one of these games relatively close in the fourth quarter so we'll see how that can test this Bucks team but you look at Giannis obviously 24 points 17 rebounds four assists a steal and only one turnover on the night and a plus 30 in the plus minus box um physically dominating the Pistons have no one that can even slow him down uh there's a picture of Giannis on a breakaway from the backboard cam and Tom Maker's face is kind of like man it's better be on the other side of this thing um but when you look at when you look at what Giannis is doing and you start to see how that's going to translate against Boston or you know Philadelphia or Toronto if they can get a hold of their series but we need to see Giannis continue to do this efficiently in as little as minutes as possible. We're going to call this the the ice bag series, I think, because you're going to see a lot of the Bucks starters and good players rusting. And in a two-month-long extra extension of the season, which is known as the playoffs potentially, uh, if the Bucks could reach the finals, you're going to need all of them to be healthy. And, you know, not Giannis has dealt with knee soreness. Middleton's had a groin. You know, Lopez, Bledsoe, and Sterling Brown obviously have been relatively healthy, but getting, you know, having out more time for Malcolm to get back. And we saw good signs of him getting some shots up uh, last week. So hopefully his second round um, number is closer than we thought. So. That could be a, definitely a, a potential benefit of getting done with this series early as well as getting everyone back and healthy. Um, Chris Middleton looked good. I think, you know, when you look at Chris and Brooke with 14 apiece, Bledsoe with 15, and, and Sterling, I think the Bucks have kind of gotten this narrative, you know, taken you know, taking an alternate approach to this narrative that, you know, you need two all-stars, and Chris Middleton's an all-star, but he's not a perennial all-star. You need two stars to win in this league, and the Bucks are kind of going with that rotating, fluctuating um, second and third star on any given night. We all know Giannis is going to give you the numbers, but on any given night, the Bucks could have Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe, you know, George Hill, Connaughton, Miritich, Bledsoe when he comes back. Any of these guys can have, you know, a 16, 17 point burst and 
that can be what you need. And in the playoffs where, in you know, in the playoffs where teams are so relying upon taking something away from you to beat you, the Bucks have an opportunity with this depth to say, okay, if you want to take away Chris Middleton, that's completely fine. But Eric Bledsoe can go off. Brooke Lopez can go off. You know, Sterling Brown, Connaughton, Miritich, Brogdon. I mean, they have so many pieces that you start to get to a point and it's like, man, you can't really stop these guys. So and that's just such a huge thing to have in using this Pistons series as, all right, let's get the monkey off our back. Let's win this playoff series and let's get to the second round. But you, you're prepping all of your guys for what moments could be like coming down the road. Um, <laughs> and as much as that pist- the Bucks pistons on Sunday felt like a regu- regular season game, um, there are going to be a lot of intense games. And uh, you're starting to see Budenholzer kind of start to, uh, you know, get that rotation nice and sound. So when we take a look at what's ahead, the Bucks uh, have game two on Wednesday in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum. Um, I expect another pretty ruckus environment, but, you know, I... I don't think it's necessarily going to be a. I think the Bucks could probably probably will win by like at least double digits, but thirty five is a lot, and I think Detroit's going to be you know hard pressed to kind of step out on the court like the Bucks did, you know, embarrassed them pretty much in the first quarter and pretty much separated the game at that point uh, with a twenty point lead after the first quarter. So, you know, look for Detroit to kind of slow the game down and muck it up a little bit, which Budenholzer and his staff and everyone needs to be, you know, aware of. And I think that's kind of why the refs gave that flagrant and ejected Andre Drummond um, in game one because they know that the only way the Pistons can have a chance is if they get this game, this game really physical and definitely send a message. So having you know, quick whistles and kind of killing that momentum before it happens, you know, benefits obviously the Bucks because they need to keep their guys healthy. And, you know, 23 minutes for Giannis is ideal. He got his numbers efficient, 9-17, 5-12 from the floor. So he's going to be shooting a lot of free throws this series, which is good. So Giannis needs to definitely continue to combat the physicality, um, but the Bucks need to be smart in terms of, how long he's available to be combating that physicality on a given night. So, but giving getting in out to those quick starts are important because you look at the fourth quarter and it was largely a DJ Wilson and Tim Frazier fest. So, you uh, kind of making that balancing act is is going to be very important for the Bucks when it comes to getting past this series. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs and how kind of those have been shaking out, obviously with an upset-driven Saturday with Brooklyn taking down Philadelphia and um, Toronto losing to Orlando. Those are two games that kind of are telling, in my opinion, to what we could see if the Bucks were to face either of those 76ers or Raptors in the Eastern Conference Final. Um they got outworked and they lost by a team that doesn't have enough talent as the Bucks. So you look at the play, you look at an Easter Conference Finals preview and say, okay, the Bucks clearly have more talent than Brooklyn or Orlando substantially. 
But what did those two te- and those teams do to get under Philadelphia and, the semi- and Toronto's skin? They outworked them. And that's a staple of the Bucks. They they out- outwork you every possession. So, you know, without a healthy Joel Embiid, without OG Ananobi for Toronto, and kind of a wrapped in without Kyle Lowry, it appears, um, is that matchup in an Eastern Conference Finals looking a little less stressful because of the coincidences and st- styles that these the Bucks play between you know and also in similarity to the Nets and the Magic. So that's something to consider moving down the road. I you know although those teams did shoot on you know substantial improvements to what their averages are on the season and maybe are outliers in terms of that, but you need to take a look at what those trends are because in first round series talents and schemes and chemistry are often mixed matches unless you're in the western conference but in the east you can see clear talent and mismatches and you can draw these conclusions pretty clearly because you know philadelphia got outworked orlando it was a little bit more so of them hitting shots dj augustine getting ridiculously hot but these are all things that are, you're going to have to consider when, all right, you know, do we have a shot to get to the NBA Finals if we make it to the East Finals? And please, I don't like to put anyone past any team, but you just think that, all right, the Bucks have a pretty good matchup for each one of these teams because of this chameleon-like attitude that they've had with in terms of winning games and winning games in different ways uh, throughout the entire season. So... You got to consider it like that. But um, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Bucking the Trend Pod. Andrew and I should be coming out with another podcast over the next, probably tomorrow, on Tuesday with Buck's Film Room. So we will talk to you then.